Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. When a smooth talking, politically connected businessman rolled into a small Australian suburb offering a quick turnaround investment, locals jumped at the chance, but they ended up losing everything. Today, Four Corners reporter Caro Meldrum Hanna on how she tracked down and confronted the man who promised the riches that never came. Caro, this story you've worked on for Four Corners. It's a story, isn't it, about loss and heartache. It's a story about deception. Indeed. It's a a story about being duped. Mm. And what do you do in this country when you are, when you do feel duped out of your money and your savings? Where do you go? What was the spiel? The spiel was simple. I'm going to sell them to you and at a, a cent a share but they are really worth a dollar. It was, was going to list it. It was four to six weeks. It was going on to the stock market, and, and it was coming on for a dollar, a minimum dollar of a share. Just tell me about some of these people that you spoke to, that you met with, that basically had been through a pretty horrifying, awful journey. Yeah. So if we turn back the clock. There was a mining exploration company that was set up and registered here in Australia. This was back in 2009-10 and it was called Grey Wolf. And this company essentially, what its pitch was, we have got tenements and licences, access to land around Australia that holds coal, gold, precious minerals, precious gems, you name it. And the pitch would be, we've got a bargain for you. This is a sure thing. This is going to list on the ASX within weeks or months. It's absolutely happening. And we're going to sell these shares to you at even a cent a share or 10 cents a share. But when it lists in a matter of weeks, they're going to be, they're going on the market for a dollar. So you're going to get rich quick. This is going to change your life. I thought $50,000, that's, that'll see me out. It's about 300000 all up. How much of your retirement was in that money? All of it. So they invest their money, mostly low-income, working-class, novice investors, inexperienced with the share market, uh, pensioners, retirees. And as the months and then years pass, there is no ASX listing, there is no windfall, and their money has literally just vanished. For all of you here then at the table tonight, was it money you could afford to lose? No. We're just battlers. We just do our thing. And the person who most usually one of them was Mr Edward Lancaster, who the program is named after the Wolf of Woiwoi, he he also became impossible to contact. You tried to contact Edward Lancaster, but it seems like you sort of had to go and find him on the street. Edward Lancaster? Yes. He was there on the central coast in New South Wales at Woi Woi and he was out for his afternoon walk with his dog. Four corners. No, I'm not going to. I'm not interested. 
I managed to catch up with him mm-hmm. and put a series of questions to him. Edward, just make a proper appointment. Edward, I tried to make an appointment and come and see. I don't know who those disgruntled shareholders are. He told me because I speak to them all the time, all these shareholders, and you know, every, everyone's happy, which is just not the case at all. So, what's your response to people saying they feel duped, misled, and deceived? <laughs> There must be very few small people that say that because I'm in touch with most of them every day. Really? Yes, ever. Why do you think shareholders, so many of them, are telling us this? Well, I don't know. Why do I know that you're not telling fibs? Just to get a story. Mm, So, Caro, what do we know about Edward Lancaster? What's his Mm. background? this This was really, really interesting. He's English. He then popped up in New Zealand where Grey Wolf was spruiking um, to mine um, both North and South Island. And this just ended in disaster back in 2011. They were chased out of New Zealand, Grey Wolf was. We then discovered his criminal record, his convictions history in New Zealand. He'd been convicted of theft by misappropriation, carrying on business while bankrupt. We discovered he'd even received a prison sentence. So you've uncovered a very chequered history involving Edward Lancaster in New Zealand that investors here in Australia didn't know about. But surely they complained once they realised they weren't getting anything for their money. Many did, yeah. Mm. You're right, many did. They went to ASIC, the corporate watchdog. Did you report Grey Wolf to ASIC? Yes. I did complaints with ASIC too. Complained to ASIC, yep. Nothing ever happened. We never ever got a reply. ASIC told us that it confirmed it had received complaints, that they had looked at one of these complaints and it was about some, um, you know, financial record keeping and they say that that was addressed by Grey Wolf, so no further action was needed. And then when it came to all of these other complaints that people were sending in, ASIC said that they declined to proceed with them because of insufficient information and insufficient evidence. Hello, Daniel speaking. But then it gets worse oh, when it comes to ASIC because we managed to get on camera the former chief financial officer of Grey Wolf, Daniel Flett is his name, and he was there in the format- these formative years of the company. You used to work for a company called Grey Wolf? Um, yes, yes, I did. Okay. And he decided to go on camera and tell us everything he knew. He spoke of how shareholder money, in in his words, was being misspent. They pissed it up the wall, if I'm being crass. Edward Lancaster was travelling around in limousines. Went from everything from first-class travel with Emirates, private rooms at Chinese restaurants. All of this sort of extravagant spending of a company living well beyond its means at that point in time. And he says that's where shareholder money was going. And he ended up blowing the whistle himself, along with independent auditors who reported Grey Wolf to ASIC. And he says he wasn't... Not only was he not even interviewed by ASIC back then, they didn't even contact him, he said. They didn't even email him, didn't even call him back. Not even a phone call. Email, nothing. I could have given them whatever they wanted... Not a, not a peep from them. That money that you mentioned was being spent on all sorts of things. It was also being invested into donations, political dinners, things like that. Yeah. This was an interesting turn and something we didn't expect. So 
Grey Wolf had this website and in the newsletter page we saw photographs of the Grey Wolf executives, Edward Lancaster and his co-director, pictured with former Prime Minister John Howard at a, a fundraising function. So there they are smiling, posing for the camera and then there's another photo signed by Tony Abbott of the Grey Wolf executives standing with Tony Abbott. So they were obviously, Grey Wolf was obviously attending these sort of functions and using these photo opportunities to curry favour and perhaps build a bit of cred. But beyond that, there was another coalition MP that Grey Wolf was communicating with, and that was Stuart Robert, who went on to become, I I believe it was Assistant Treasurer under Scott Morrison. And you asked Edward Lancaster about Stuart Robert when you confronted him on his daily war. Well, Edward Lancaster confirmed that straight away. He said, oh, yes, yes, no, Stuart Robert was a shareholder. He was a, a shareholder early on. He was very forthcoming about that. Yeah, he bought shares in the company. Look, in this country, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And when I asked Daniel Flett if there was more, he said there was. Yes, Stuart Robert did declare specifically his shares in Grey Wolf. But it's this really interesting connection which sort of unfolded a little bit further in the program about other things that were going on with Stuart Robert. You know, what exactly was he doing with Grey Wolf? Was he simply a shareholder or was there more communications? And and Daniel Flett then explained that from what he experienced inside Grey Wolf that there was that Stuart Robert was emailing with Grey Wolf executives. He was going to meetings. Multiple phone calls, there were emails, meetings. There was a lot of contact. While I'm certainly not saying that Stuart Robert was aware of, you know, how money was being spent, shareholder money was being spent, and we're certainly not alleging that he had anything to do with Grey Wolf's demise, we are raising questions about that shareholding and that period of time. But he also was a shareholder right up until 2018. The big question is too. If Stuart Robert was able to divest his shares and recoup some money and get a refund, say, he said he, he, he got his, the money was zero dividend on it, zero net gain, mm. why couldn't all the other shareholders do that? Why didn't they get their money back? Okay, so ASIC's lack of action, Caro, where does that leave all of Grey Wolf's investors? You went to see some of them at the Woi Woi Bowling Club. Yeah, well, they're all stumped and everyone's stumped. They just can't understand how this can continue to go on. Now we find that ASIC have allowed Edward Lancaster to set up a new mining exploration company called Lithium Gold Mines Australia. So this man we've been spending so long talking about, that man that came into the bowling club. Yes, that's, that's the old Edward. What if I told you that Edward Lancaster has recently opened up a new mining exploration company post-Grey Wolf? No, no. you got to be joking. I just want to text you something. And right now, as we were making the program, we see him posting on Facebook Spruiking for investors. Seed investors, 20 cents a share, call me. 20 cents. If interested, please contact me. Does that sound familiar? What is the point of having a a corporate regulator and what's the point of the government if they're not going to enforce and use the systems that they have? Caro Meldrum-Hanna is a reporter with Four Corners. 
Liquidators have found it's likely Grey Wolf was trading insolvent since 2014. ASIC says while there's insufficient information to pursue the company, it doesn't mean it's cleared it of wrongdoing. This episode was produced and mixed by Chris Dengate. Additional production by Sydney Peed. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.